Welcome to the Breadwinner Energy Podcast. I'm your host, Tay Daniels. I'm a multi-business owning wife and mom that lives in the Midwest. I teach women how to be unapologetic in their journey to success, how to stop making decisions out of fear and step into their CEO shoes, to want more for their life, and to build a business that they not only love, but they're extremely proud of. On this podcast, I will be giving you my no BS advice and perspective on business, life, and motherhood. So grab your drink, put on those headphones, or cover your child's ears, and let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Breadwinner Energy Podcast. We are back with our first guest of season three, and I am so excited to introduce one of my very, very close online besties. We met, I think like a year or two, a a year or so ago in the online industry. And she has been completely amazing. We have collaborated together. We've worked together. We've chatted together. And I am just so excited to bring her into my space even further and introduce her again. If you've been at my summits or any of my events, you probably even know her, but she is just a fantastic human being. And We have come together to bring you an amazing episode. So let's welcome Kylie Kelly. Kylie is a maternity leave coach and host of the podcast, The Pregnant CEO. She helps pregnant entrepreneurs plan and fund their own maternity leave, empowering them to not only take leave with their baby, but to return to a business that is thriving and profitable. She loves doing life on her own terms as a mama of two crazy boys, Spencer and Samuel, and can't seem to say no when she's asked if she wants a gin and tonic. My kind of lady. Kylie is now also helping women create summits as she got from zero to a thousand new subscribers on her email list just from hosting summits. Her program is open right now, so you guys are not going to want to miss it and go check out her program if you're ready to learn how to host a summit because I think she's the freaking queen, but welcome in Kylie. Okay, so could you tell us a little bit about you, your business, your journey, and how did you get started doing what you're doing right now? Of course, I'd love to. Um, so like most people, I think it's a bit of a windy <laughs> journey, right? It's it's never something that's straightforward. So I actually, my if we re- rewind the clock, you know, 12 years, I actually was a wedding photographer. So that was like my jump into being self-employed. So I um, grew a wedding photography studio here in Australia. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Grew it to be big enough. So I was traveling um, internationally. I did weddings in South Africa and um, was fully booked every year and thought that was what I was going to do until I was old and couldn't pick up a camera, right? Like I really loved it. Um, But then as I changed and grew as a person, as I had kids, as life evolved, it definitely was something that kind of lost the shine and you know, suddenly I didn't want to work every weekend and traveling meant being away from my babies. And there were certain things that changed just as as my life changed. So I had kind of started thinking that a pivot was in my future. And then the pandemic happened, which I know everyone's got their own pandemic story. um, But for me, that meant like, you know, two years worth of bookings and money and just gone. Um, I had all my weddings cancel for like the next two years that were booked in. Um, I had couples needing refunds. I just refunded everybody. Um, and so that meant 
that I had all this money I had to pay back, right? Because I'd paid a deposit, but that was my cash flow for the business. I'd already spent it. So then I had to somehow find money to refund my couples. Um, And then my husband's also self-employed and he was in like um, events and video production, but for for big, big companies where it was, it wasn't a necessity. It was more of a luxury. So all his work canceled. So here we were, we had a toddler at the time. Both our businesses kind of just tanked. The pandemic started. We were like, what the fuck just happened? Like, (laughs) oh my gosh. Um, So, and we didn't have any family around where we were living. We loved it there, but we didn't have any support. So we thought, okay, we have two options. We can either stay where we are, use our savings to live and just hope this this thing doesn't last for very long. Um, Or let's regroup. Let's move into state closer to family and figure out what to do with our lives. Here we were in our like, mid-30s having like this crisis. Um, so we decided to move. We moved into state. Um, within two to three weeks of moving, I found out I was pregnant with my second child. Um, so yeah, within two weeks of moving, I found out I was pregnant with my second child. Um, so we were mid-30s living with um, my in-laws, didn't have our own house. <laughs> Here I was pregnant again. My business was gone. I was going, whoa, like yeah I have no idea so we kind of just took the time to really just sit in it because I think sometimes I don't know about you but whenever something gets tough I'm I'm so keen just to fast forward through like what's the next thing yeah. where am I going but I was like well hang on I don't want to jump into the next thing if it's the wrong move like let's not make an emotional decision I'm just going to sit in it and see what happens I'm going to enjoy this pregnancy enjoy you know the postpartum period and see what's on my heart and then after I had Samuel my youngest um I started to really think about what it's like to be self-employed as a pregnant yeah. you know as as a woman to have babies and how hard it bloody is to then still have your business keep momentum still making money all of the all of the things right and that's where the pregnancy CEO came from so I then created the pregnancy CEO um, so it's really only like nine months old, but it's something that was so needed that it's just gone from strength to strength. And now I'm running, you know, these epic virtual summits and helping women plan and find their own maternity leave. So that's kind of, I know it was a bit long winded, but that's kind of in a nutshell how that all came to be. Which is so interesting because I was also in the wedding industry and then pivoted during COVID because of the wedding industry too. So that's really interesting how we both kind of had that in common. I actually didn't know that even though we've been internet friends now for so long, but I think it's so cool that what you're doing and your summits are amazing. You have one coming up and I'm so excited to be a part of it, but (laughs) I agree like being a mom and a business owner is challenging. And so I absolutely love what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's something we, we don't think about, right? We think, you know, we have dreams of what we want our family to look like and we have dreams of what we want our business to look like, but when they cross over, we're not prepared for it. And especially I think when we go from having no children to the first, um, I I don't know about yourself, but for me, it was such a huge shift in my identity. And I, you know, it wasn't just a baby that was born. It was a mother that was born. Like after, after Spencer was born, my eldest, I, I had no idea what life was going to look like. Like I felt this massive shift and then I didn't have time because when Spencer was born, I was still in the wedding photography business and I, I booked my books out. So I had to get back shooting straight away. I was, you know, dealing with um, client emails within 12 hours in the hospital. Like I, I oh thought God. because I loved it, 
I wanted to, I was like, that's fine. I, you know, I can yeah. do both. Like I, I'm that kick-ass. Like, yeah, sure. You know, I love this. I can do it. But um, I had no idea what that transition was going to be like. And so um, through that experience, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so important. Even if you don't, and I know we'll get into this, but um, even if you don't end up needing as long as you plan for, it's just so important to plan to have some time, right? To plan yeah. to have some space just so if that transition, if you do need it, you've got it there. Yeah, absolutely. Because you don't know. I mean, you don't know mm-hmm. what could happen. You don't know, you know, what you'll need. You, and especially being a first time mom, like you said, you don't know how you're going to be. You don't know how you're going to like react to motherhood because you mm-hmm. are a completely different person. It's not like your life just goes back to what it was. I mean, to sleep alone. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Throw that right out the window. <laughs> Oh, 100%. I, I, it's so funny. Like, I thought that I could just pop the baby out, right? And life would yeah. continue. But yeah, it was yeah. not like that at all. <laughs> yeah, I literally, I didn't, I don't, I don't think I knew what to expect, but it wasn't what it was. Like, I, I'm not really sure what I was expecting, maybe like a fairy tale. And then I got a hard dose of reality. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're right, the whole sleep piece as well. Um, I, I'd been tired before, you know, I'd done all nighters, but the sleep deprivation that came that was, I think, went on for so long I think that's where the the tough bit comes it's that compounding effect of having not just a week of no sleep it's then like continues on unless you you get this beautiful unicorn baby which um some women are lucky to have but I definitely wasn't the first (laughs) yeah no not me either and so yeah that it does really compound and then you you do have to take care of yourself at the same time and maybe even your business or other children or a partner and it's it's a lot. It's so much for one person to yeah to do with. So I'm really excited to chat with you today because I feel like there's going to be so much that you can teach me as well as our guests. Um, we're going to start out though with some hot seat questions, which is where are you from? I mean, you kind of told us, but if you want to tell us where are you from? Yeah. So I live, um, as you can tell from my accent, I live in Australia. So I'm in a place called the Hunter Valley, which is just outside of Sydney. Um, known for its wine, which suits me down Ooh. to a tea. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Australia is on my bucket list. Never been, um, but I have a friend here that used to live there. She moved back to the United States, but she lived in Australia for some time. She said it was the best experience of her life. So, Oh, I love yeah. it. Well, yeah, well, we'd love to have you. You'll have to come on over. <laughs> I, know. I need to. I definitely need to. It looks amazing there. Okay, what is your favorite book of all time? See, this is tricky because I love reading. I absolutely love reading. Um, at the moment, I'm reading Jenna Kutcher's new book, How Are You Really? And it's really hitting home for me. Like, There's some sort of real deep questions that um, I'm sort of sitting with that, oh, yeah, it's really good. But then I love trashy stuff too. Like we can't just say business <laughs> books, right? Like I love yeah. I love a good, good trashy novel series that I can just like dive into. Um, yeah. Me so too. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, if there was one thing you could change about the online industry, what would it be? Look, probably just making it more authentic, making it more real. Like I feel like, and it's getting better. I mean, there, there are definitely all of my friends, you included. Like, there's definitely people that just share their real life, which I really appreciate. But I think as a whole, it's still so filtery and fake. And I hate that. Like I do not spend that long in my Instagram feed or I'll I'll go through stories and I'll be in my DMs. But sometimes like the reels that I, I, yeah, 
I, I think that's that would be that would be my number one thing I would change. It's just that people would share more of their real life and less of that whole fake filter life um, that they feel yeah. like they have to share. I could not agree more, which is why I think so many people too are moving to TikTok because there is more of that real feel on TikTok. You can't exactly picture perfect your life there. Um, But yeah, I agree. I think the online space in general needs a complete makeover. That's just my own personal opinion. Um, And I do wish it was sometimes easier to to be a business owner in the online space. I I wish there's platforms that made it more business friendly versus Mm -hmm. trying to build a personal brand and a business all at the same time. I love building a personal brand, but if they could just make it a little easier for business owners to get buyers, that'd be great. Yeah. So what, okay. I have to, I have to ask a follow-up question here. So what would be like the number one thing that they could improve on? Do you think like what, what would that look like? So that's a good question. I think like Instagram in general, it it kind of seems like they punish business owners um, Mm. or they don't like push that stuff. But I, I genuinely think if there was a platform for people to shop, like imagine shopping online, um, it's so easy, right? You type in a place or multiple places like Amazon, you can buy anything on Amazon. But if there's places mm-hmm. online where you could literally filter and shop for business coaches, life coaches, maternity coaches, whatever, mm-hmm. um, it would make it really easy for you to shop, see reviews, see people who've actually like used this business or this coach um, and be able to to go from there. I think that would be a super cool place. Oh, I love that idea. Almost like an Etsy, like, yes, yeah. or an Amazon for, for coaching or for like service providers or. Yeah. yeah. And then I think too, on the, the flip side, kind of like what you were saying with the authenticness is I love when people share their income and I love when people share their wins and how much money they're making. But I also on the flip side of that, get super frustrated with the lying, like the whole like mm-hmm. multi six figure months. Not that people don't make those because they absolutely do. But there's just a lot that goes into a business and team and expenses and mm-hmm. and actually making those amounts of money and statistically based. If you look mm-hmm. at statistics, people aren't making that number of people aren't making that big of money. So someone's mm-hmm. lying. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, I love that point. And even the fact like again talking about the authenticity piece but like even the fact of talking about, you know what? I had to have a job on the side to fund this or like the money doesn't come straight away and people being honest about that. Or, okay, and now I'm getting on a bit of a rant, but like even that when they're doing launches, like three places left. No, you don't have three places left, do you? Like let's be honest. Yeah. You know, share what you're selling. Yes, of course. Exactly. Be honest about it and, and people are going to then feel that energy and want to come in instead of that whole like those marketing techniques that are just, oh, yeah. just so untrue. <laughs> Yeah. And I think like the scarcity marketing is kind of going out the window. I think people are starting to see right through it, which is great um, because I do think that will allow us to market from a more empowered space and, and bring in empowered buyers versus scared buyers. And I'm guilty of this too. When I was newer in the industry, cause I didn't know any different. Um, and I did attract a lot of scared buyers and you don't want to attract scared buyers <laughs> because that ends up in lots of like, money fear, payments defaulting, following up a thousand times because they miss payments. And it's like, no, yeah, empowered buyers who know they're ready for this space. They're ready for this expansion. Yeah. And I mean, you can always still have the scarcity in terms or, or like, I guess more the motivation in terms of the time 
you know, if, if you're standing next week, you're standing next week or whatever that might be. Like yeah. I think that can still motivate people to, to actually take action without it Absolutely. being, yeah, exactly like you said, making them a scared buyer and then having all those other sort of repercussions. Yes, I cannot agree more. Okay, well, let's get into the fun stuff, the juicy stuff. Let's talk about <laughs> building businesses while having babies. Let's talk okay. about all the things. Okay, so what it. do you think are the steps that women need to take when they're planning an extended leave away from their business? I think the first thing, and we, I mean, we briefly touched on it, but I think the first thing is actually considering your goal. So actually thinking about, okay, in an ideal world, how much time would I like to take? Um, and I mean, a lot of a lot goes into that because you need to be thinking about the support systems that you have and the financial side of your, of your life, really, and all, all of that. But if you stop and think, okay, I'm having a baby, I'm taking a holiday, whatever that might look like for you, but how long do I actually want to take? Because then when you have a goal, you can start to plan for it. I feel sometimes we think, oh, it'd be nice to take take a break or we plan a holiday or we fall pregnant and we're like, yes, I want to take, but we don't, if we don't put a number to it, we can't break it down and actually plan to take it. Um, so I think that's step number one is actually setting the goal um, and and doing it from a place as well, not a place of comparison. So a place, you know, taking time, actually asking yourself, doing a bit of inner work of what you want, not what your friend's taken, not what you've Googled, not what that email said you need to take, like whether it's eight weeks, 12 weeks, six months, like whatever that looks like for you. Um, yeah. Cause I think as well with that, Tay, like family dynamics, like everyone's life is so different. Like if you've already got kids, you might want to take longer so you can help them with the adjustment. Um, yeah. if, if you've got a team for your business, you might be able to take longer. If you um, know yourself, you only want to take eight weeks, 12 weeks, like coming up with that specific goal um, is definitely step number one. Um, and then coming off the back of that as well I mentioned money we've already talked about money but I think it's really important to um, be real with your financials sit down and the way that I kind of encourage women to do this is um, with their online business or with the business that they have look at how much revenue they're making every month and from an average perspective I know it's always up and down right but if you looked at at the last 12 months of what you made if you divide a Divided the year by 12, came up with like an average monthly revenue and have that as as your benchmark, right? That's the amount of money that you want to continue to make. Because the thing is, we don't want to just press pause and lose momentum and not make sales and then have to come back to that, you know, house fire, dumpster fire at the after yeah. you leave. Like you want to continue the momentum, continue the sales. So you want to have this benchmark of how much per month you want to make while you're on leave. So then you can set things up to be automated and you can set set different ways that that still comes in um, but we need to be really open with that with ourselves because I, I don't know about you but for so long I was so scared of numbers like I when I had my wedding photography business I think it was the first couple of years I wouldn't even look at like my profits and lo- profit and loss statements or um, how much money I, I was just like it just scared me because I think it's yeah. this this like I want I want to be legit like I want I want to look you know I want, I want it to be like that I am this real business that um, but so often if we come to our books from that kind of place um it's not this like like we said it's not this empowered like um place of actually understanding where our business is at so I think put all that put all the mindset of stuff you know put all the um limiting beliefs aside let's just look at our numbers come up with our average set our goals and then we can start to plan yeah yeah I love that I think that's so good too planning is like you said, it, it does seem scary to like 
okay, if I have a plan, then I actually have to execute on that plan, right? Mm-hmm. But having a plan will be so beneficial in so many areas. And I mean, especially if you're having a baby, like you can't really avoid that. It's coming sooner or later. So it is best to just have that plan ahead of time. Yes, yes, 100%. And then once you've got the plan, then we can, you know, start to actually take action on it. So whether you're um, coming into this, you know, you're six months pregnant, whether you've just found out, you know, and you're only a couple of weeks pregnant, like what, whatever place you're coming to this plan from, we can then break it down to make it um, so we have the best outcome. So you've come up with your plan. You, you know how much money. Um, then what I encourage people to do is like a massive brain dump, right? So to sit down and brainstorm your, almost like your baby proofing your business to-do list. So all the things that your business needs. Um, so things like lead generation, things like sales, content creation, marketing, fulfillment, um, the admin stuff, like ongoing client communication, like whatever your business needs, whatever makes up your business. Um, brainstorm it all out. Um, and then I want you to think, okay, so what can we automate? What can we batch in advance? And what can we hire out or outsource? So we're kind of going to be breaking up this massive to-do list that is really overwhelming. I'll warn you now, like when you look at it, you're going to be like, holy shit, can I even do this? Like it's really an overwhelming list, but got to have the big list. And then we're going to break it into those three sections so that we know what we need to automate, what we need to batch in advance and what we can outsource. Um, Because then once we have that list broken up, we can start chipping away at things, prioritizing what's most important um, so that, you know, if you do only have two months, three months before the baby's due, you can still prioritize the most important things um, so you're in the best place possible for when the baby's born or when you go on holidays, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. I love it. I think that is such great advice and categorizing things too, like you said, into what needs automated, what needs outsourced, maybe what needs deleted off your to-do list. Um, mm-hmm. It, putting it in those categories too, just like is a complete game changer. Yeah. And, and I will add, if you have just found out you're pregnant, I always like to encourage women to think, and it, again, this is a complete standard. I know it's not like this for everyone, but generally speaking, um, you know, the first trimester, you feel like shit, you're exhausted, you, you know, you spend it resting and your body's doing amazing things, but it's, it's a lot, right? So I always like to encourage women not to put too much pressure on themselves to do any of this big stuff in the first trimester. So um, still do your brainstorming, still come up with your plan, but maybe in that first trimester, you're doing simple things that you can just be on your phone doing, or you're just updating pictures on your website, or just doing stuff that doesn't take a lot of mental energy or um, a lot of pressure. Because whilst we can do both, we can have babies, we can run a successful business, we don't have to choose one over the other, we also want to honor our bodies. Like what you're going through is an incredible period in your life. Like it's this amazing thing. You're growing another human being like that is just insane so we need to make sure yeah we need to make sure as well that we're honoring our bodies and not pushing ourselves too far because I wouldn't hate if anybody got to the end of this and was so exhausted that they couldn't actually enjoy their baby right so first trimester is always like the stuff you don't have to think about you can just sit on the couch and do like the easy kind of easy tasks the second trimester generally people feel like superstars right you get this little energy burst yeah. you might be sleeping better the morning sickness is hopefully gone like you, you're feeling 
a hell of a lot better. So that's that's when you're going to be doing like the really hard stuff, like the stuff that takes a lot of mental energy. If you're doing copywriting or content creation, recording podcast episodes, um, funnels and automation and some sales and like any stuff that like you really have to dig into um, is then what you do in the second trimester. And then the third trimester, I always encourage women to start thinking about the um, outsourcing piece. So if you're bringing on team members or VAs or you need to send stuff off, um, that's kind of like a good, like we're always in a bit of a, um, you know, nesting, like getting ready, like that just naturally our energy goes there. So let's let's follow that and do that in our business as well so that then when the baby comes you know, we haven't exhausted ourselves, but we've used our energy and we've actually respected what our body, how our body feels as well through this process. Yes. Love, love, love that. Definitely listening to your body too. And even if you're not pregnant, still listening to your body through your business and through planning, because we all go through phases and cycles during the month as women. And so kind of using that to your advantage, pregnant or not, (laughs) and to like, when do you have the most energy and when don't you? And when do you need to take breaks versus when do you need to really buckle down? Yes, I love that. Do you know, I need to look into this because I'm on birth control now. We're done with our two kids, right? So so I'm on birth control now, so I don't get my period. So I'm like, do I even have a cycle? Like, I, I need to do some research to see. Yes, what my definitely are look into that and see what your cycles are. Um, it might be a little different, like hormonally might be a little different, but mm. definitely want to check into that because I know it plays a huge role. And sometimes yeah. like I've just even noted like day to day and week to week, like how I'm feeling. And then over like three months been like, oh, this is the pattern for me. Oh yeah. I love that. I love that idea. Cause I feel like that's our power as women, isn't it? I think there's definitely certain times in our cycles, even that we feel more like front facing and we're more social and, yeah. um, and other times we just want to bunker down and get, get shit done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a point in my business, like during my period, I like, scheduled nothing unless it was just like in-house I didn't do meetings and front face people because I was like nope I don't want to do that (laughs) (laughs) can you share some of the more realities of what maternity leave or postpartum leave actually looks like for self-employed women oh I love this question I think and I, I guess I've um already mentioned it a little bit but first of all it's different for everyone I think having that expectation of you know what it is for you might not be what your friends have experienced or what you see online like it is different for everyone Um, but let me share a little bit about what I experienced and and maybe um, some listeners will relate or, or get a little bit out of that but I definitely had two very different postpartum experiences so with Spencer when he was born like I mentioned earlier I didn't take maternity leave so it was straight back to it um he was a natural delivery so I didn't have to like my body wasn't healing from a c-section or a cesarean birth um but there was still a lot going on I I I don't know how real we're going to get on this podcast today but um, (laughs) even even like standing up like after you've pushed a baby out of your hoo-ha like even standing up and showering and your pelvic floor and all of the healing physically that has to go on is pretty crazy um, yeah. And like you, you bleed for so long, like all of the stuff, right? Like I, I did not have expectation. I didn't do enough research. I'll just say that <laughs> before I had my first child. I kind of was just like, you know what? My body will do what it's going to do. Like it'll be fine. Um, should have looked into that more. But anyway, so there's all of that going on. Um, obviously, the sleep deprivation that we mentioned before. Um, yes. So I think it's really important when you're considering this piece, like we said, plan for more than you need, but also plan so that um, all those big tasks, all that stuff is taken care of so that 
Um, you don't have, you don't feel the pressure. You don't have to get back to business because a lot of women are high performing, high achieving women like we are. Like so, yep. and a lot of women I speak to are like, no, 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 I won't need to do that. Like it'll be fine. I, I, I won't need to. I want to do. I want to get back to it. I want to. And yes, that might be that might be right for you. That might unfold that way. But what if it doesn't? You know. Yes. But what if you're that exhausted? You can't even make a coffee. Like you can't even think about how to do the most basic human stuff, right? You don't want to be yes. replying back to important sales emails or, you know, you don't want to be doing the stuff that could actually have then then repercussions later down the track when you're in that state. So I think prepare, almost, almost hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst, almost doing that just so you're covered, just so you have that space. Because um, alternatively, you might have a great experience. So second time around with Sam, again, I had another, I was lucky with another natural birth and it was actually a beautiful experience. First time around, um, I had an episiotomy. I had a lot of like, yeah, recovery down there. I was really scared going into Sam's birth that, you know, that old wound would like, you know, it would just be nasty. And I was, I was actually really afraid, but, um, with the help of a doula and, and with my birth team, I was able to give birth in the bath. I pulled him out through my legs myself. Like it was just like this wow. dream experience that I wanted to experience. And, and I thought about, um, and it also meant having him in the water, I think also helped, um, my body recover as well. So my recovery with him was a lot easier. Um, I had less pressure on myself. I took maternity leave. I kind of had to, right? As you heard before, my wedding photography business was up in flames. So I was like, well, look, let's just enjoy this time. Um, We'll figure the rest out later. So like the first probably eight weeks, I didn't even think about anything. I just lay in bed. I breastfed. We co-slept. I just ate good food. I just love it. I needed, I got the sunshine. Like it was just incredible and I must admit the bond I felt with Sam as a baby was completely different to the bond that I felt with Spencer as a baby like right of, of course we have the best relationship now um and it's as strong as ever but like just that that initial bond that I felt was completely different and I think that 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 had something to do with it as well it's like that space that you allow yourself to actually sure. experience it is different um so all of that to say <laughs> your experience might be different you know it might be like my first time it might be like my second time it might be like something completely different as well yeah. um but make sure yeah give yourself the space and the time to really go through it and it'll only happen once with this little person they're only going to be born once so try to make sure you have the space in the container just to really enjoy it yeah, I couldn't agree more. I definitely survived my first my, mm-hmm. my with my daughter through that initial period because I was a new mom. I had no idea what to expect. I had nothing prepared. I I wish I like look back and I wish I would have had a birth team and a doula and did my research mm-hmm. and all the things, but I didn't. And I was surviving instead of thriving. And had I done that pre-planning, even basic pre-planning, I think it could have been so much different. And then that does really impact the relationship you have with your baby, you have with yourself, even maybe your partner because of how you are. When you're surviving and you're tired, you're grumpy, you're pissy, you feel like shit and no one's happy, right? Versus being like, I'm just going to take this time, focus on me and baby and healing and the business will be there. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I guess it goes with any transition. Like when, when you do that, 
you just experience it at such a different place. And I want that for every woman. I, I don't want them to go through what we went through the first time, right? You don't have to experience that because it's shit and it doesn't yeah. feel good. And I want them to experience that really beautiful, um, empowered, uh, gentle, nourishing, like this beautiful transition where you have this incredible bond, like you said, with the baby, but also with your partner, with yourself. Like there's so much power in that. And that's that's what I want for everyone. That's why I've started this whole thing, right? <laughs> Which I love too. And so one of my coaches in the online industry, she just had her first baby. And during her pregnancy, she made $10 million in like nine, I think nine months. And so like I look at her and what she's doing and I'm like, if she can do that, like I can do a tenth of that, right? I can mm-hmm. do like a hundredth of that. And then she took her maternity leave and then she went back and she's like very lucky her husband is working with her. So he, she didn't have to worry about her husband going back, but she returned back to work and she did an in-person event recently and uh, took her baby on their first plane, which they, they fly private. Um, but just how cool is it that during her pregnancy, she made $10 million. Like the year before didn't even, she didn't even like make half that. Wow, so that's crazy. That is so exciting to me because it just shows, right, what is possible. Yes. Um, and I bet she made that by listening to her body, by doing what felt good, what what she felt was the next. Like I, I think sometimes we think if we put pressure on ourselves and so we have this incredible massive like I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to push, 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 push. Sure, you might get some of it done, but it's not going to feel great and you're not going to have the results as a, you know, at the end of it because you've come to it from this place of like hustle, but in the bad, like I, I'm all about hustle. I, I think when it lines up and, and when you have the energy and time and space and when it feels good, hustle is great. But when you come to hustling out of this desperational energy, like yeah. I think we're never going to get those results. Like I bet you she came to her business in that time when it was feeling good and, and that, oh, that sure. was her reward, right? Yeah, because she had made the decision during pregnancy to fly private to the things she had to fly for because she felt safer. She felt more comfortable during her pregnancy. Um, She was really sick at one point, took time off. And then there was an in-person mastermind towards closer to the end of her pregnancy. And she was just really honest with everyone like and her team. Like, I'm not feeling great. I need to save my energy for the stage. So when I'm not on stage, I need you guys to first keep distance and space because I can't get sick. Um, Like, I love all of you. I will give you all like air kisses from afar. Um, but like, I have to preserve my energy. So she did her stage and then she would like take time to go to the hotel and rest instead of like her being so high achieving, instead of just pushing through all those days, being like, I know what my body can and can't take. Mm, Oh, I love that. And even prioritizing the tasks like that going, well, this is what I need to do. No one else can do that. So I'll, I'll, put that first and then let my team and outsource and do um they can do all the rest like I love even even coming at it from that place as well yeah and so Mm. all of us don't obviously have some of those luxuries because we're not there yet but I do think it's still important to know like honoring your body your space what's feeling good doing what's best for you in those moments um Mm. and remembering that you are still a high achieving woman even if you're taking space (laughs) Yes. It's so interesting to me. Like it's definitely been something that I've struggled with my entire, really my entire life. Right. But like, I think, um, actually realizing that rest is productive has been the biggest 
game changer for me in the last couple of years because before that it just felt lazy right it just felt like oh I should you'd feel guilty I shouldn't be resting I should be doing this I should be making progress like but no rest is productive when you rest you can be more creative when you rest you're going to come up with the ideas that might make 10 million dollars maybe not 10 million dollars but like you know maybe maybe you know rest I think we all need to like reevaluate the way that we think about rest and then again especially I suppose when we're pregnant that's even more important but I think even just anyone listening like what do you think about rest how does that feel within you when you think about resting and if you feel that resistance like I still struggle with like if you feel that resistance I think it's really important to reevaluate that and do some inner work around that because like you said I think when we can work in line with us and our bodies and our energy and our personalities and when all that can lighten up oh it can just be magic that's where the magic happens yeah I could not agree more. This has been so good, so helpful. And I know there's going to be so many women out there listening who are either pregnant, preparing to be pregnant, might want to do it in the future, or even just planning time and space in their business that are going to absolutely love this episode. Because I think from one high achieving woman to another, (laughs) it's just (laughs) good to hear and reaffirm that it's okay to take time and space for yourself. Yes, yes. And, you know, there are women that have done it before you, that have gone before you. So I think it's really important to to reach out and to build that community of other CEO mums around you that understand yes. and that can support you. Because I know uh, personally, like I really struggled. I even still struggle with my local friends that might be mums, but not business owners, or that might be business owners, but not mums. And I think it's so important to have the community of, of women that actually understand that you can lean on. Um, yeah, it just makes 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 it so much easier. Couldn't agree more. The community will be everything. Everything you didn't know you needed. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we have one question left. It's our bonus question. And we ask all of our guests the same question, which is if you had to write a book tomorrow, what would you write about? Do you know, I think I would write... Is it an autobiography, my story? Um, I think a lot of people don't know, but I was actually married when I was really young, just for 12 months to a real dick. But like when I was like 19, um, I got involved with um, a pretty crazy church. My dad was crazy. Like I have, I have this story around relationships and what can happen when you don't, I guess, know yourself, if you don't listen to yourself, when you take other people's opinions and run with them and and how it can really fuck up your life, I guess, in a sense. And I I would love to share that story and then share what my life's like now with my husband and and how I took that experience and made it something. Um, Because I feel like when we go through hard things, um, it's easy for us to say that it all happens for a reason and to say those sorts of things, those quotes, yeah. if you will, that are around. Yeah. But I think actually hearing experiences, I know for myself, when you hear someone's experience and then see what's happened afterwards and how they've used that, that's so powerful. So I'd love, yeah, I'd love to like, I guess be self-indulgent, but come to it, come at that story of my life from a place of like, this is the truth. This is what happened and this is what you can get from it. I think that'd be really, really cool. I absolutely love, love, love it. And from someone who was divorced from an early age with to also being married to a dick, I would, <laughs> my younger <laughs> self would have definitely needed that book. Um, I love it. And I know that would help so, so many women because it's, 
yeah, some women just don't know because from your upbringing or whatever, like, and, and even if you had a good upbringing, some people just aren't taught stuff about relationships mm-hmm. and that can really be damaging to your future. So, and absolutely. that it's like, I think as well, Taylor, that it's okay to leave, that divorce isn't a bad word. Like I feel like, and that was, again, so much from my upbringing, like my parents were divorced and I came into that first marriage of like, I will never get divorced. Like that is just like evil, right? And then that's just, oh gosh, the weight of that statement when you're in the wrong relationship is just so damaging. Um, Yeah. So anyway, that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Yeah, right. We can, we can talk about so many things together, but I agree. I think that would be such a fantastic book and I hope you write it and release it because I would love to read it. Oh, yes. Okay. At least one person will. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> You'll have so many people. I know it. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for being here. We, we've done so much together in such short amount of time. Like I cannot just wait to see what other things we do together. But if you could tell the listeners where they can find you, come hang out with you and hopefully read your book one day. Yes, of course. So if you jump over to Instagram, um, like I know I was just bashing it earlier, but I am still there all the time, especially in my DMs. So come on over to Kylie Kelly on Instagram. Um, send me a voice note. Voice notes are my love language. I love getting them. I love sending them back. So I'd love to connect yes. with with you if you're listening. Um, and if you want a bit of a guide on how to baby-proof your business, if you jump over to my website, I have a free guide for anyone that wants to take action that will help. Um, so that is just at thepregnantceo.com slash guide. Yes. Love it. Go, go connect with her, hang out with her. She puts together the most immaculate events and summits on a regular basis. <laughs> I'm a part of her next one. Um, I'm not paid to say that. It's just very true. She's very put together. It's going to be the best lineup of speakers. So definitely get over there, go hang out with her, see all the things she's doing. She is fantastic. Again, Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Tay. I adore you. Thank you. Of course. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening. We will chat with you on the next episode. 